You know, God works with us where we're at. My, I, I, it was all about me. It's all about me. It was about the people I was talking to. It was about, I just hope I don't make a fool out of myself. And I hope, you know, and God, God, you know, you just give him your life and you just start on a journey with him. Even when you don't feel successful, uh, he, he's going to take you there. And there's people within this room who right now have a, a fear of public speaking and have, have believed that uh, you are not a good speaker, you actually are going to find yourself being an incredible speaker in the future. Incredible. And there's going to be a breakthrough there, and, and, and you're going to look back, and you're going to give hope to so many others. It's, it's like me. I mean, if Steve can do it, you can do it. Okay. So I want to go after something today. Uh, I've, I've, um, I'm writing a book right now called The uh, Fully Convinced the Art of Decision-Making, and it's one of the subtitles is attaching great faith to who we are and what we do. Fully convinced, the art of decision-making. It's also, it's an online course that we started uh, two weeks ago. It's an eight-week online course called Fully Convinced, and uh, I, I want to talk today about what what I share in chapter four of the book called The Art of Decision-Making. The Art of... De How many know we all are making decisions? And, and decision-making is a skill. It's a skill that we can get stronger in. And I was reading some statistics. It says the average adult makes 35,000 decisions every day. <laughs> that just makes me tired hearing that. <laughs> Woo! And, and, and most of them are not, you know, it, it, that big of it. Which coffee cup? You know, I open my cupboard and I see all my coffee cups and, and I decide. A lot, a lot of decisions are, are un, unconscious in how we make them. And obviously, there's huge decisions that we make as well in life. Career choices, marriage choices, uh, geographical location choices, and, and the biggest decision is whether we're going to serve Jesus or not. That's, that's number one. That, uh, someone say amen to that. So we make a lot of decisions. Now, there's two extremes uh, in the kinds of people who make decisions. The two extremes. Now, the one extreme is the impulsive, uh, feeling-based decision-maker. <laughs> now, it's not always bad because Peter, how I many you know Peter in the Bible was a little impulsive? And, and so some of, he, Jesus is walking on the water. Hey, if it's you, tell me to come. I mean, he, he didn't think that through. <laughs> he just blurted what was out of his mouth. And he did that on a number of occasions. Just, and it got him in trouble a few times. Like Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, I, gotta, I mean, they're, they're up there. In a, you know, he's on the Mount of Transfiguration and sees Elijah and Moses. And he just, I want with Jezebel.com, some tabernacle. He said, tabernacles for them. And he, he, so it got him, but it was also as powerful. Some of us are way too cautious. Yeah. Some of us are like the, 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 the cartoon picture I saw of the guy in his lazy boy chair in the living room with a seatbelt on. 
And his wife said, I think, honey, I think you're a little too cautious in life. <laughs> but obviously, the feeling-based, impulsive decision-maker can get themselves in a lot of trouble. If that's ever happened to you, say amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, oh, yeah, it feels this good. It's got to be right. Nope, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> the, the other extreme um, is what I call the uh, perfectionistic or religious mindset decision maker. <laughs> the perfectionistic religious mindset. Uh, who has a fear of punishment, uh, who uh, does not want to do things unless they can do it perfectly, and it's never embarrassing. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Um, and also, it's the same guy in Matthew 25 where Jesus, Jesus tells the story of the three people who got talents, one, five, one, two, one, one. This is the guy with the one talent who buried his talent. I'll tell you, he wasn't celebrated because he, he wouldn't take risks. So his decision-making was a self-protectionism. I don't want to make any decisions with any risk or that I might ever get hurt. Someone say, boo. Now, <clears throat> let me just make some statements in the beginning. How we make decisions is more important than the decisions that we make. How we make, so decision making is a skill. And I'll tell you this, it's one of the most important skills we can get in our lives. So how we make, and I, we'll, we'll at times just stumble into good decisions. <laughs> and God's grace, you know, you're a blessed people and blessed people often stumble into good decisions. I remember in 1991, I had just gone to pastor a church in the middle of the desert in Nevada in the great metropolitan center called Round Mountain, Nevada. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. And, and I decided I wanted to have a guest speaker at my church of about 30 people. And I just heard this guy, Bill Johnson, who's now at Bethel Church Reading. I just heard him speak, and I thought, I'm going to invite Bill Johnson. And I did. I sent him a letter. He came. And this is before anybody knows who Bill Johnson is. And, and, and he came to our church every year for 10 years, stayed in our house, and I got grafted into the family. And, and it, it was a decision that I, I, I didn't calculate it and say, well, I'm going to make this decision, so I'll be blessed. It was just something in my gut felt led to do that's what whole by the way holy spirit's going to put things in your gut in this next season about things that you just ah i just i just feel a leading to do that but how we make decisions uh, is there's things that we can do that will increase the likelihood of making great decisions great decisions now another uh statement I want to make is the anxiety of not knowing what to do is a bigger problem than not knowing what to do. The anxiety, the fear of not knowing what to do is a bigger problem than not knowing what to do. So 
good decision makers go after anxiety. What's the root? What's the lies I'm believing that is creating that? And then the, another statement I want to make is this. A bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. Tweak. I'm not saying sinning in faith. I'm not saying go rob a bank in faith. Yes, amen. (laughs) I believe. No, that's just stupid. (laughs) But there's many things the Lord says you decide and attach faith. Now, some of the most sincere Christians have the most difficulty in attaching faith to what they're doing. Because of a haunting feeling, I'm, I'm doing, I might be doing something wrong. And so they don't live in faith, they live in doubt. They live in double-mindedness. And, and I, that's how I was. Man, I had so, my, my wife had so much difficulty. Steve, will you just decide? It's like I, I got our, our dog, his name is Buddy. And Buddy is a, 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 a schnoodle, which is a mixture between a giant schnauzer and a big poodle. And so Buddy is outside the kitchen slider barking, indicating he wants in. I move to the slider, open the door, and Buddy just stands there looking in the house. He can't decide whether he wants to stay in, I wants to go in or stay out. Buddy, how long halt ye between two opinions? <laughs> Will you just decide? And that's how the Lord says, Steve, how long are you just going to say, I don't know what to do, I might be wrong. I, I, I. No, just decide. Just decide. And so let me give you some Bible verses to kind of lay the foundation for where we're going. I'm going to give you um, eight traits of great decision makers today. Some Bible verses. Uh, number one is Matthew 4.4. 4. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. So the, the quality of my life <clears throat> depends on my identifying what I believe God has told me. The quality of my life depends on my identifying what I believe God has told me. The more I can say, I believe God's told me this, is the more I'll live. Because if I, if, I if I have a word, I can put up with a lot of junk. Ha, 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 ha. Woo-hoo! I can, if I have a word, I can put up with a lot of uncertainty. I can put up with a lot of things going on around me that I don't like. I can put up with a lot of outward non-success if I've got a word. But if I don't have a word, the only way I can live is if things are going well. That's the only way I can live. 
Yep, Ooh, I, hope, I hope I don't have any problems today. I hope everybody, all the people in my life are doing what I hope they, could, what they should be doing. I hope I only hear good news in the media. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Oh, oh no, oh no. Bad things are happening. I can't live. No, when you, when you, when you get a word. And by the way, God's growing everybody up in this room. Just say, I'm growing up. Just, and the way you grow up is you start living by a word. Even if I don't see him working, he's working. That's a word. Woohoo! <laughs> That's what gives you power. And God is weaning people from being addicted to excitement. God's weaning people from needing outward things in their life to uh, make them believe they're successful. God's way of making successful leaders is he gets us successful on the inside when we don't look successful on the outside. So I'm living by a word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this is a season where God's clarifying what he's saying to us. He's going after double-mindedness and doubt in us. It's what's happening. He's breaking that thing off us. Another, another verse is uh, James 1.5. It says, if any man, and I know this includes women as well, if any man lacks wisdom, you don't know what to do. <laughs> you need a new strategy. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives what? Stingily? Generously. Who gives generously and without finding fault. He's not upset. Wow, well, Steve, how come you're asking for wisdom again? Without finding and it says, and it will be given to him. But then verse 6, this, I used to not like verse 6 through 8. <clears throat> verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Woo-hoo! Don't just throw prayers out there like you're, you're throwing your spaghetti against the wall to see if it sticks. Believe. Woohoo, God, I can't wait to see how you're going to answer me. Give me wisdom. It's coming. Just say it's coming. It's coming. And then another verse that I'll share as a foundation, and then we'll get into the eight traits of just good decision makers, is a verse I shared on Friday night, 2 Corinthians 9 7, where it's, it's the giving, financial giving chapter. It says, but each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Someone just go, hmm, 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 wow. Well, God says, you decide. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, sounds like we're moving from a slave mindset to a son mindset. I've got three adult, adult children. 
Ellie's mom is one of them. I don't expect, you know, I don't expect them to phone me. Hey, uh, Dad, uh, I'm in the bean aisle at the store. Uh, can you please just give me a command on what brand of beans to buy? Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. The more we grow, is the more God trusts us. Obviously, there's clear things, but, but we mature. It says, but each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't break that thing off you of just doing things out of duty and obligation. That's called a dead work. Not reluctant, for God loves a what? God loves a cheerful giver. Now, the principle there is that God loves a cheerful decider. Because this thing's much bigger than finances. And we'll end with that. I'm going to go after something at the end of the message that, that's going to be a key for some of you to go to the, you're going to, it's going to, it's going to put like rocket boosters on you and it's going to blast you out of the orbit, into the orbit. It's a key. It's a life changer. And we'll get there. So here we go. We're going to talk about eight tr traits of good decision makers, great decision makers. Uh, number one, which is, should be obvious, is they honor the Bible and its core values. Just say, I honor the Bible and its core values. Now, I've never done anything God's way and said, I wish I wouldn't have done it God's way. God's ways are perfect. Someone say amen to that. They're perfect. They're, they're wonderful. And if you put two people, let's say you got a 15, two 15-year-olds, you put them up here, and, uh, and you just say, okay, one is going to do things God's way, love, forgive, uh, <clears throat> be committed to a cause, uh, just even sexual issues and all of that. Uh, and, just, uh, and then you put another person where that person uh, is going to make life decisions uh, of, of being reckless, uh, of hateful, bitter, just uh, sleeping around, etc. Now, after 40, 50 years, how do you think each of them is going to look? I mean, it's pretty obvious that one is doing God's way, uh, the, there's a blessing on that. The other one, it's going to be, there's going to be not only deep problems in their own lives, but also just wreckage of relationships in their lives. Now, now God's ways are perfect. And I know, I know my own journey sometimes, I've said, I haven't believed that, man. I know, oh, if I do it God's way, I, mean, I might be missing out. And I've said, God, make me willing. Help. But that, that's, that's a foundation for good decision making. Someone say amen to that. Number two trait of good decision makers is they believe they are good decision makers. Ha ha. Just say, I am a good decision maker. Say, I'm a great decision maker. 
Now, the nature of faith is that we believe and then see. Let me know that's true. I used to only believe after I saw and I felt something. I like to laugh at things. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Yep. Amen. I can see it's in my experience now. Now I will believe. Ha ha. Steve, you're a great man of fact. We applaud that in heaven. You believe after you see and after you feel. Yes, we applaud that. It's really noble. Ha ha. <laughs> we can't consistently do what we don't believe we are. That's why prophetic ministry is so powerful. And the, the most powerful prophetic words have clear identity statements in them because they tell people who they really are. Because prophetic ministry jolts us out of getting our beliefs out of our past and our feelings. We don't deny our past or our feelings. We just don't get our beliefs out of them. Because if we get our beliefs out of them, we're stuck. That's the stronghold. That, that's that's going to cause us to do laps in the wilderness. You got Gideon in Judges 6. The angel gives him a prophetic word. Hey, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, he was a, if he was a mighty warrior, he, he was definitely living in a non-mighty warrior experience. But he wasn't what his experience said he was. I'm not who my experience says I am. I'm who God says I am. I'm not what my feelings say I am. I'm who God says I am. And in this area of decision-making, one of the greatest things that we can grow in is to believe what God says. Now, he says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and what? Sound mind. Now, sound mind covers a lot of things. But it also includes decision-making. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 that I have the mind of Christ. So, how I many know oh, that's pretty powerful? Woo-hoo, I got the mind of Christ. Wow, wow. Woo-hoo. Now, it hasn't fully manifested yet. <laughs> My wife says amen. <laughs> yeah. Wendy, where's my phone again? Where's my phone? Can't find my phone. Ha ha. But how we get into our experience, who we are, is to believe it and say it. Confession is made unto salvation. And so that's why I've got this book. I just, one of my latest books called Declare It, and it includes declarations for 96 different life situations. It's got 15 declarations. Preach out, because faith comes by what? Hearing. So, I mean, Gideon had an angel come and talk to him. I'm not waiting for an angel to come to me. I'm coming to me. The most important person we need to prophesy to is ourselves. Then our spouse, our children, those, those closest to us. 
And so I've got this on the table, this declaration clicker. And this, this, this reminds me to keep in agreeing with God. I'm a great decision maker. Everywhere I go, revival breaks out. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I'm a powerful author. I'm a great communicator. I had to say I wrote books before I ever wrote books. Some say, well, you know, I've never written a book before. Well, that's where everybody starts. Uh-huh. What, what I get excited about, this is a little bit of a, I, I, I don't want to get sidetracked too much here. But what I get excited about is that when you start getting, because it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12 too. <clears throat> that takes all limits off our life because there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. How, there's no limit to how much I can renew my mind. So there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. So even in this area of decision-making, I start renewing my mind with what he says. Wow, I make great decisions. I'm, I, make, I make catalytic decisions. My, my decisions are going to influence my, 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 my generations to come for 300 years. Who's, uh, whose anniversary was it this week? Okay, um, can you give them that clicker? Yep, thank you. Right back, yeah, what? And then I, I want to give this book, declare it to this gentleman right here. Remind me your name? Gene? Yeah. Gene, you're a, you're a man of faith. Look in the sky. It's a bird's plane. No, it's faith man. <laughs> You've already got something. That thing, I believe, is just going gonna to put the rocket boosters on you. In this season. All right, so let's go. Let's keep going here. You guys good? Eight traits of good decision makers. They honor the Bible and its core values. They believe there are good decision makers. Number three, they know when not to make a decision. Ha ha. They know when not to make a decision. I want you to say, I know when not to make a decision. Say that. <laughs> I mean, some of them are obvious. I mean, when, you, when you're angry, when you're tired, maybe it's that time of the month. <laughs> when, when you're running from something. <laughs> it just, it, it, we can't trust ourselves. Hunger, yeah. You've heard of HALT, the acronym H-A-L-T. Never make a major decision or conclusion when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Yep, if you're in isolation, that's kind of a bad idea to, to make big decisions, any decision. Sometimes, you know, Steve, before we hear your great wisdom, could you please eat something? Could you please let go of that anger and just forgive, huh? Uh-huh. And could you please actually get in fellowship? And can you just go to bed? <laughs> and then once you get up, I'd like to hear what you say. 
<laughs> so we all need to protect ourselves from doing stupid things. How many know everybody in this room has the ability to do something really stupid? <laughs> I mean, we all do. I mean, and and so that's why getting good people in our lives and helping us who can speak it. Hey, Steve. You're acting really stupid right now. <laughs> or you're headed in a real dangerous area, direction. We need, we need that. And that's part of being, having a humility. Humility is understanding that, wow, I, I need help. Yeah, I, I, need, I need good boundaries. I, I need relationships. So that, that's number three. Number four kind of ties in, uh, well, Number five is, let me go to number four. Uh, good decision makers, they have vision and purpose for their lives. Say, I have vision and purpose for my life. So Proverbs 29:18, it says, where there is no prophetic revelation, people cast off restraint. Other words, but the other version says, without a vision, the people perish. But I like that version where it says, where there is no prophetic revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there's no vision, people, people become undisciplined. Because vi vision for the future gives purpose for the present. So th this decision-making is not just about trying to prevent wrong decisions. This thing we're talking about today is not just about preventing us from making bad decisions. It's more importantly uh, going to propel us to actually make catalytic decisions that's going to increase our talents where there's going to be 30, 60, 100-fold fruit because of our decisions. And, and that's where vision, because if there's no vision, if I don't have a purpose, if I don't believe there's something that I can make a difference in, then I don't have vision. Then I'm just trying to live for pleasure rather than for purpose. And that, that's, that's it. And even, even right now, I see the Lord. This is a house of vision. This is a house of purpose. But it, it's, it's getting deeper. And there's visitors who are here today. There's something going to get on you. Ha <laughs> ha. You got Jeremiah. He said, I'm not going to speak in the way. And then he got a fire in his bones. I can't help it. You got this guy named Jehu. He gets anointed by one of the, one of the prophets, and he, he rides furiously because he's on assignment. I'm going to take out Jezebel. And it's, 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 it's purpose. You know, I, I've heard it said that in leadership, you know, the same culture that created 11 world changers also created a Judas. And if our goal is to prevent a Judas, we'll never have 11 world changers. If our goal is defensive, trying to prevent negative things from happening, it, it, it creates a dynamic for, not, for world changers not happening. It's the same thing in our own lives. If our goal is to prevent a Judas from happening in us, that's our primary. I'm just trying not to do wrong things and trying to be a good Christian. Uh, then, then that's a negative focus that will prevent the, the world changer from coming out of us. 
And so this, this vision piece, it's why prophecy is so important. It's why hearing from God, what do you got for me? And by the way, if what you're hearing from God isn't laughable to others, you're not hearing high enough. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. They have a vision and purpose for their lives. I just release purpose right now. None of us are done. If we're, if we're still here, we got a purpose. It isn't just to take up space. But the key is, I'm going to fix that thing. What, what thing just burns in your heart? What, 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 thing, why, what thing makes you say, why don't people talk about that more? Why isn't the church doing something about that more? Well, that's, hello. <laughs> hello. You, you decide and he'll provide. You, you say, I'm going to do something about that. That's what I did about hope and discouragement, and, and especially leaders. I say, I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to do something about leaders not having joy. I'm going to fix that problem and its purpose. Now, number five is they have good people influencing them. Good decisions, good decision makers have good people influencing them. Say, I, just say, I have good people influencing me. It says in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and, and you will be wise. Who you hang out with is going to be one of the greatest factors in how you make decisions. You hang out with people making poor decisions, it will, it will cause you to make poor decisions. And, you know, you say, well, I don't have a lot. I don't know a lot of people. Then, then hang out with people in podcasts, books, church. Get in environments that are higher than you. You got to get people higher than you feeding into you. And then have good people in your life who there's wisdom and a multitude of counselors. Before you make a decision, get input from people. Whew. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I think this message is just for you. <laughs> Number six. Number six, they clarify their options and believe wisdom is coming. Just say, I clarify my options, and I know wisdom is coming. So in any situation where you're trying to decide what to do or what to believe, you, you clarify your options. I mean, it's, and you put in there, Let's say you're, you're thinking about moving to another city, all right, and you, you put in option A, stay here, option B, move to this city, and then you put all the logical reasons why each one of them is a good idea or not a good idea, any biblical things uh, that you have, any key uh, voices in your life, what they're saying, you put it in there. Uh, any, any prophetic words, dreams, God stories, you stick them in there under the options. Uh, and then you then 
Then you apply James 1.5. God, I, I asked for wisdom. And then you get excited. Woo-hoo-hoo. I just asked God for wisdom. <laughs> and he says he's going to give it to me. And he's going to give it generously. Woo-hoo. This is so exciting. <laughs> and again, we, sometimes I know with the Lord, uh, he takes his time in really clarifying because I don't know about you, but uh, it's like, Steve, now that I got your attention at a higher level, I actually want to speak to you about some other things that aren't even kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. But Lord, I want to know. I want an answer. But he says, what's this fear thing? What's that? What's this thing where you're, uh, y- you know, you're, you, you know there's something clear in the word, but you don't even want to read that verse anymore. Huh. What's that thing, Steve? I don't really want to talk about that. I don't, I don't get an answer. And so you, you get in, you, you just start, get in decision-making mode. You believe wisdom's coming, and, and then you start adding to the options. You start filling in. I remember when I was pastoring in Nevada, and I, Bill Johnson asked if Wendy and I would go pastor in Weaverville, California, where he pastored. And I was making a decision. I said, option A, stay in Nevada. Option B, go to, go to Weaverville and put all the reasons in there. Bill said, feels God, you know, said it's, it's God. He feels it. Chris Valentin, he thinks it's the Lord, you know. People, my wife says it's the Lord. And, but I, I'm struggling, you know. I put all the reasons. I don't, there's a lot of reasons to stay in Nevada because God was doing such good things. And so I'm in decision-making mode. And I'm in a prayer meeting. And I'm in Redding, California at a prayer meeting. I'm looking out the window to the west. And there's this young lady in the prayer meeting who knows nothing what I'm thinking. And she comes up to me and says, Steve, I see you moving west where Weaverville is. Mm. So I put in my option about moving to Weaverville. Wild-eyed prophetess woman (laughs) (laughs) says, go west. And and, and then we, we get a God story. And that's, that's what number seven is. It's this. They have a God story for what they conclude to do. They have a God story. I mean, those of you who are regular people in this church, I assume you have a God story while you're here. And, and you believe it. And so... Uh, Most decision-making is concluding. Most of us don't hear an audible voice. We do the best job we know how. We clarify our options. And and, and then we look at what God has done. And then we conclude, this is what God's saying. I concluded, God was saying, to go to Weaver. I didn't hear a voice. I concluded. And there's an interesting verse in... Acts 16, it says, now when they had gone through Phrygia, this is verse 6, 
and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And then a vision appeared to Paul, say vision, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And then look at what verse 10 says. After, now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding, say concluding, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And most decision-making is concluding. Yep, I'm clarifying my options. I mean, it can be a big decision like that. Maybe it's how to approach a family member, a relationship problem in the family, financial decision. Okay, what am I doing? Yeah, we're struggling in debt. Let's clarify our options, what we can do. Let's all the logical reasons why each step is a good step. Any biblical things there, what people are saying. And then look for God's stories. Ask for wisdom and know what's coming. And then start filling it in. Start filling it in. And then look. Woohoo! Well, that's clear. Option B. I, I, I'm attaching faith to option B. And then that's what number eight is. It's. It's they attach faith to their decisions. Just say, I attach faith to my decisions. They, they attach faith to it. They say, to, and I have these conversations with the Lord. The bigger the decision is, I talk to him. I say, hey, God, hey, God, Lord, uh, it's, I'm concluding I'm supposed to move to Weaverville. That's what I'm concluding, God. And, and I'll, I'll give you a week. You want to change my mind, I'll give you a week. I'll give you one week. But here's the deal, Lord. You can't change my mind through negative emotions or negative circumstances. You can only change my mind through a clear God story. Whoo! And then after the week, ah, Lord, I gave you a week. I gave you, I did. Mm -hmm. I, you had your chance. You had your chance. And I'm attaching faith to this thing. I'm going with no doubting. Or if I doubt, I'll pull up the word. Nope, I'm supposed to be here. Doesn't mean I won't battle doubt, but I've got a word. I live by a word. I live by what I believe God has said. And then that, that's, that's where I get strength. Will we change our mind on things? Sure, we'll change them. But we'll go through the process again. Options. Yep, mm-hmm, Clar clarifying them, God's stories, and then, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to stay or I'm supposed to keep approaching this situation the way I have been. Oh, oh, no, I see a new story. I see a new thing. And we're in an hour right now where many are, are, are battling <clears throat> doubt and double-mindedness about who they are, about what they're doing. And the Lord is releasing over people in this hour confidence. Humble confidence. And we're all in training about how to make decisions. <laughs> I'm in training. I've got a lot of situations, man. Whew. I mean, it could be deciding what to believe about ourselves.
Am I even deciding whether I believe I'm righteous or not? I got the option. I can believe I'm not righteous, believe my feelings, and I, or, I believe, or I can choose to believe I am. This thing is deeper than we know. And here's the last thing I want to say. You look at 2 Corinthians 9, 7, where it says, But each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful decider. When we start looking at areas in our life, because cheerfulness is one of the evidences we've attached faith to what we're doing. Cheerfulness is an evidence that I've attached faith to what I'm doing. I am looking for every area of my life that I'm not cheerful in. Ha ha. With, with especially commitments and responsibilities. Ha ha. I know. Sorry about this. I'm flying out tomorrow, so I'm going to let it go. <laughs> let Ben clean up any mess. <laughs> but I'm looking. Do you know, because if, if I do, where I'm reluctant or under compulsion means I'm doing it, but I don't want to do it. Where we're going, we can't, we can't take that with us. Some people do their marriage reluctantly or under compulsion. They haven't attached faith to it. Clarify your options because you, you can't stay in that mindset. Something's got to give. Some people attend church reluctantly or under compulsion. Some people do their jobs reluctantly or under compulsion. They haven't attached faith. There's not cheerfulness. I'll tell you this. When we've attached faith, there will be cheerfulness. And this, this, is, this is a key because... There's some of you who are going to grab hold of what I'm saying right now. And, 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 and God's going to take this thing and he's going to show you areas where you're not attaching faith in. And his, his grace is going to get on you to actually break off doubt, double-mindedness, and just doing things out of duty. And it's going to launch you. It's going to put rocket boosters on you. Ha ha. I mean, I'm on staff at Bethel Church. Right? There's some meetings I don't like going to. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> Ha-ha. But I recognize, oh, I'm not cheerful in this meeting. There's an issue. Then, I'm, then I haven't attached faith. I haven't decided what I'm going to do. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. I'm powerful. I get to decide how much I'm going to give in a relationship, how much I'm going to give financially. I get, and I'll go through the process, and then I'll attach faith. So you guys received this word today? Yep. This is a great decision makers. They honor the Bible and its core values. They believe they are good decision makers. They know when not to make a decision. Let's laugh at that one again. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. They have vision and purpose for their lives. They have good people influencing them. They clarify their options and believe wisdom is coming. They have a God story for what they conclude to do. And then lastly, they attach faith to the decisions that they make.
Now, if this, this, if, if this thing speaks to you, we're right in just starting tomorrow, week three of our course, Fully Convinced. You can put up the um, slide again. And, and I've got on the back tables uh, a few of these. It's, it's got 25 declarations on here that will change your life and then some more information about our ministry. But if you want to go deeper in this thing, <clears throat> um, we have a... Yeah, just it's a powerful course. If you can't afford it, just let our team know. You want to be a part of it, do what you can. Um, but if this, this thing we talked about today is a piece of that. Fully convinced, the art of decision-making, attaching great faith to who we are and what we do.